Chapter 37 of Journey to the Center of the Earth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Journey to the Center of the Earth by Gilvain. Chapter 37 The Mysterious Dagger during this time we had left the bright and transparent forest far behind us we were mute with astonishment overcome by a kind of feeling which was next door to apathy we kept running in spite of ourselves it was a perfect right which resembled one of those horrible sensations we sometimes meet in our dreams instinctively we made our way towards the central sea and i cannot now tell what wild thoughts passed through my mind nor of what follies i might have been guilty but for a very serious preoccupation which brought me back to practical life though i was aware that we were treading on a soil quite new to us i however every now and then noticed certain aggregations of rock the shape of which forcibly reminded me of those near port gretchen this confirmed moreover the indications of the compass and our extraordinary and unlooked-for as well as involuntary return to the north of this great central sea it was so like our starting-point that i could scarcely doubt the reality of our position streams and cascades fell in hundreds over the numerous projections of the rocks i actually thought i could see our faithful and monotonous hands and the wonderful grotto in which i had come back to life after my tremendous fall then as we advanced still farther the position of the cliffs the appearance of a stream the unexpected profile of a rock threw me again into a state of bewildering doubt after some time i explained my state of mental indecision to my uncle he confessed to a similar feeling of hesitation he was totally unable to make up his mind in the midst of this extraordinary but uniform panorama there can be no doubt i insisted that we have not landed exactly at the place whence we first took our departure but the tempest has brought us above our starting point i think therefore that if we follow the coast we shall once more find port gretchen in that case cried my uncle it is useless to continue our exploration the very best thing we can do is to make our way back to the raft are you quite sure harry that you are not mistaken it is difficult was my reply to come to any decision for all these rocks are exactly alike there is no marked difference between them at the same time the impression on my mind is that i recognize the promontory at the foot of which our worthy hans constructed the raft we are i am nearly convinced near the little port if this be not it i added carefully examining a creek which appeared singularly familiar to my mind my dear harry if this were the case we should find traces of our own footsteps some signs of our passage and i can really see nothing to indicate our having passed this way but i see something i cried in an impetuous tone of voice as i rushed forward and eagerly picked up something which shone in the sand under my feet 
"'What is it?' cried the astonished and bewildered professor. "'This,' was my reply. And I handed to my startled relative a rusty dagger of singular shape. "'What made you bring with you so useless a weapon?' he exclaimed. "'It was needlessly hampering yourself.' "'I bring it? It is quite new to me. I never saw it before.' are you sure it's not out of your collection nor that i know of said the professor puzzled i have no recollection of the circumstance it was never my property this is very extraordinary i said musing over the novel and singular incident not at all there is a very simple explanation harry the icelanders are known to keep up the use of these antiquated weapons and this must have belonged to hans who has let it fall without knowing it i shook my head that dagger had never been in the possession of the pacific and taciturn hans i knew him and his habits too well then what can it be unless it be the weapon of some antediluvian warrior i continued of some living man a contemporary of that mighty shepherd from whom we have just escaped but no mystery upon mystery this is no weapon of the stony epoch nor even of the bronze period it is made of excellent steel ere i could finish my sentence my uncle stopped me short from entering upon a whole train of theories and spoke in his most cold and decided tone of voice calm yourself my dear boy and endeavour to use your reason this weapon upon which we have fallen so unexpectedly is a true dag one of those worn by gentlemen in their belts during the sixteenth century its use was to give the coup de grace the final blow to the foe who would not surrender it is clearly of spanish workmanship it belongs neither to you nor to me nor to the eiderdown hunter nor to any of the living beings who may still exist so marvellously in the interior of the earth what can you mean uncle i said now lost in a host of surmises look closely at it he continued these jagged edges were never made by the resistance of human blood and bone the blade is covered with a regular coating of iron mould and rust which is not a day old not a year old nor a century old but much more the professor began to get quite excited according to custom and was allowing himself to be carried away by his fertile imagination i could have said something he stopped me harry he cried we are now on the verge of a great discovery this blade of a dagger you have so marvellously discovered after being abandoned upon the sand for more than a hundred two hundred even three hundred years has been indented by someone endeavouring to carve an inscription on these rocks but this poniard never got here of itself i exclaimed it could not have twisted itself someone therefore must have preceded us upon the shores of this extraordinary sea yes a man but what man has been sufficiently desperate to do such a thing a man who has somewhere written his name with this very dagger a man who has endeavoured once more to indicate the right road to the interior of the earth let us look around my boy 
you know not the importance of your singular and happy discovery prodigiously interested we walked along the wall of rock examining the smallest fissures which might finally expand into the much wished for gully or shaft we at last reached a spot where the shore became extremely narrow the sea almost bathed the foot of the rocks which were here very lofty and steep there was scarcely a path wider than two yards at any point at last under a huge overhanging rock we discovered the entrance of a dark and gloomy tunnel there on a square tablet of granite which had been smoothed by rubbing it with another stone we could see two mysterious and much worn letters the two initials of the bold and extraordinary traveller who had preceded us on our adventurous journey a s cried my uncle you see i was right arne saknussem always arne saknussem end of chapter thirty seven read by lars rolander